Hello, welcome to the 8 Spot. This is a podcast where I read you things for when you want to have a friend in your ear. Now, the book that today we're continuing with is The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. We are on page 12. To live is to suffer. Let's, uh, let's dive in. To live is to suffer. The sky was full of heavy, soot-gray clouds, as if providing a celestial echo of Nora's mind as she wandered around Bedford in search of a reason to exist. The town was a conveyor belt of despair. The pebble-dashed sports center, where her dead dad once washed her swim lengths of the pool, the Mexican restaurant where she'd taken Dan for fajitas, the hospital where her mom had had her treatment. Dan had texted her yesterday. Nora, I miss your voice. Can we talk? She had said she was stupidly hectic, big lol, yet it was impossible to text anything else. Not because she didn't still feel for him, but because she did. I couldn't risk hurting him again. She'd ruined his life. My life is chaos, he told her, via drunk texts shortly after the would-be wedding she'd pulled out of two days before. The universe tended towards chaos and entropy. That was basic thermodynamics. Maybe it was basic existence, too. You lose your job, then more shit happens. The wind whispered through the trees, and it began to rain. She headed towards the shelter of the news agents with the deep, and as it happened, correct sense that things were about to get worse. Within the space of a slow blink, she saw her father's ghost in her mind's eye, staring at his stopwatch as if he was waiting for her to reach him. Her eyes opened and she entered the news agents. Sheltering from the rain? The woman behind the counter asked. Yes. Nora kept her head down her despair growing like a weight she couldn't carry. A National Geographic was on display. As she stared now at the magazine cover, an image of a black hole, she realized that's what she was, a black hole, a dying star collapsing in on itself. Her dad used to subscribe. She remembered being enthralled by an article about Svalbard, the Norwegian archipelago in the Arctic Ocean. She'd never seen a place that looked so far away. She'd read about scientists doing research among glaciers and frozen fjords and puffins. Then, prompted by Mrs. Elm, she decided she wanted to be a glaciologist. She saw the scruffy, hunched form of her brother's friend, and then their own former bandmate, Ravi by the music mags, engrossed in an article. She stood there for a fraction too long, because when she walked away, she heard him say, Nora? Ravi, hi. I hear Joe was in Bedford the other day. A small nod. Yeah. Did he, um, did you see him? I did, actually. A silence Nora felt as pain. He didn't tell me he was coming. He, uh, yeah, that was just a flyby. Is he okay? Ravi paused. Nora had once liked him, and he'd been a loyal friend to her brother. But, as with Joe, there was a barrier between them. They hadn't parted on the best of terms. 
he basically he thrown his drumsticks on the floor of the rehearsal room and stropped out when Nora told him she was out of the band. I think he's depressed. Nora's mind grew heavier at the idea that her brother might feel like she did. He's not himself, Ravi went on, anger in his voice. He's going to have to move out of his shoebox in Shepherd's Bush. What with him not being able to play lead guitar in a successful rock band. Mind you, I've got no money either. Pop gigs don't pay much these days, even when you agree to clean the toilets. Ever clean pop toilets, Nora? I am having a pretty shitty time too, if we're doing the misery Olympics. Ravi cough laughed. A hardness momentarily shadowed his face. The world's smallest violin is playing. She wasn't in the mood. Is this about the labyrinths? Still? It meant a lot to me, and to your brother, to all of us. We had a deal with Universal. Right there. Albums, singles, tour, promo. We could be Coldplay now. You hate Coldplay. Not the point. We could be in Malibu. Instead, Bedford. And so, no, your brother's not ready to see you. I was having panic attacks. I'd have let everybody down in the end. I told the label to take you on without me. I agreed to write the songs. It wasn't my fault I was engaged. I was with Dan. It was kind of a deal breaker. Well, yeah. How did that work out? Ravi, that isn't fair. Fair. Great word. Fans don't last. We'd have been a meteor shower over before we started. Meteor showers are fucking beautiful. Come on, you're still with Ella, aren't you? And I could be with Ella and in a successful band. With money. We had that chance right there. He pointed to the palm of his hand. Our songs were fire. <laughs> Nora hated herself for silently correcting the R to my. I don't think your problem was stage fright or wedding fright. I think your problem was life fright. This hurt. The words took the air out of her. And I think your problem, she retaliated, voice trembling, is blaming others for your shitty life. He nodded as if slapped, put his magazine back. See you around, Nora. Tell Joe I said hi, she said, as he walked out of the shop and into the rain. Please? She caught sight of the cover of Your Cat magazine, a ginger tabby. Her mind felt loud, as if the ghost of a German composer was trapped inside her mind, conjuring chaos and intensity. The woman behind the counter said something to her that she missed. Sorry? Nora Seed, the woman blonde bob bottle tan, was happy and casual and in a relaxed way, in a way that Nora no longer knew how to be leaning over the counter on her forearms as if Nora was a lemur at a zoo. Yep. I'm Carrie Ann. Remember you from school, the swimmer, Superbrain. Didn't what's-his-face uh, Mr. Blanford do an assembly on you once? Said you were going to end up on the Olympics. Nora nodded. So, did you? I, um, gave it up. Was more into music at the time. Then life happened. So what do you do now? I'm, uh, I'm between things. Got anyone then? Bloke? Kids? Nora shook her head, wishing it would fall off her own head onto the floor so she never had to have a conversation with a stranger ever again. Well, don't hang about. Tick-tock, tick-tock. I'm 35. She wished Izzy was there. 
Izzy never put up with any of this kind of shit. And I'm not sure I want... Me and Jake were like rabbits when we got there. Two little terrors, but worth it, you know? I feel, you know, I just feel complete. I could show you some pictures. I get headaches with phones. Jan had wanted kids. Nora didn't know. She'd been petrified of motherhood. The fear of a deeper depression. She couldn't look after herself, let alone anybody else. Still in Bedford then? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Thought you'd be the one that got away. I came back. My mom was ill. Aw, I'm sorry to hear that. Hope she's okay now? I better go. But it's still raining. As Nora escaped the shop, she wished there was nothing but doors ahead of her, which she could walk through one by one, leaving everything behind. Right. So this is where we are stopping for today. Oh, God, I love this book. Basically, we have this girl, Nora, right? And the story starts with her wanting to be all the things that she's not. So we're kind of walking, we're being walked through chapter by chapter where she's kind of sharing her story about how she wanted to be a swimmer. Not much she wanted to be, but she was expected kind of to be a swimmer or she wanted to be a musician or she could have been a glaciologist. She could have, you know, been uh, married to this guy, Dan, or she could have been with her friend, Izzy, who apparently is this very strong kind of female uh, side character that we have. Um, and of course, you know, she's still in the town that she grew up in. She's... Um, well, she didn't make it to the band. She quit swimming. She never went to Norway, I guess, to see the fjords um, or kind of pursue that um, educational path. Um, her friend Izzy is not here, we assume. Well, I know because I've read the book. Uh, her friend Izzy is in here. And she didn't get married to Dan. Um, she has a cat, though. Um, oh, yeah, she just got fired. So... She's kind of like, uh, well, she's at rock bottom and and uh, she's kind of telling the reader through the other characters, basically all these different paths in life that she could have um, gone down, all these different lives that she could have. And this is kind of one of the reasons why I feel really closely to this um, book, because um, I keep thinking, you know, if I had the opportunity, would I have become the singer that I always wanted to become or would I have, you know, become an actress like I wanted to? Or would I, uh, could I be a streamer, you know? Or could I have been a ballerina dancer? Um, <laughs> could I be a, a yoga teacher? You know, all these different kind of like lives that I um, envisioned for myself. Ooh, would I have been a doctor? I would have been a, would I have been a lawyer um, or, um, or a teacher? You know, all these different um lives and I keep thinking like oh what would have happened you know I could have been all of these different things or even one of these different things um and I think yeah the reason why I like this book is that kind of by the end it makes you um really rethink your um your thinking and uh it makes you kind of question you know whether that kind of way of thinking is even the right way to go about things um so i guess uh, stay tuned as i read more to you and hopefully at some point we'll figure out how the fuck to deal with this um ever questioning 
hurricane that is our minds. Um, so yeah, that is it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, rate this episode if you liked it. Leave me a comment anywhere. Reach out to me and uh, yeah, have a good rest of your day. Bye.